0: Welcome to the Not All Better Show. I'm your host, Paul Vogelzang, and this is episode number 324. As part of our Smithsonian Associates Art of Living interview series, the Her Story History event, our guest today is Mindy Johnson. Mindy Johnson will be appearing at the Smithsonian Associates program titled The Women Who Animated the Movies, Uncovering a Colorful History. Mindy Johnson is a leading expert on women's roles in animation and film history and she will be examining these groundbreaking and game-changing women in her upcoming Smithsonian Associates presentation. From the very beginnings of celluloid to the digital revolution, women have shaped the animated form. As a matter of fact, the all-female chemists in the Disney Paint Labs transformed the palette of the studio's early three-strip technology animation from 80 colors to 1500 colors which transformed animated film women brought about wonderful changes in story ideas direction and the walt disney studios and walt disney himself encouraged and developed women who've brought about the art form we know and love today
1: well walt disney was really looking to explore and push boundaries when it comes to animation Um, Things had been very simple, and he saw it as a true art form. And one of the areas that he really expanded with is bringing women into roles that helped to advance and explore wider realms of of storytelling because of what women brought to the experience. Uh, They made tremendous advances in terms of color, story, characterization— and it really is a remarkable story to see how women have had such a strong impact on the animated art form that we know and love today. This was a story that I really underestimated. I thought it was going to be a simple, charming story, but yet nothing could be further from the truth.
0: That of course is our guest today, Bindy Johnson, who will be joining us to discuss this fascinating subject, including her most recent book, Ink and Paint, The Women of Walt Disney's animation, which will be available for sale and signing following her presentation Thursday, March 7th, 2019 at the Ripley Center in Washington DC. Please join me in welcoming just a wonderful interview guest, Mindy Johnson. Mindy Johnson, welcome to the program.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Paul. It's a joy to be here.
0: It's a joy to talk to you. This upcoming presentation of yours about women in in animation, specifically the women of Walt Disney's animation, is just going to be wonderful. I personally am very excited. I know my audience is going to be very excited to <laughs> to to see you, to hear from you. And I wonder if you'd just tell us briefly about your upcoming Smithsonian Associates presentation.
1: Sure. Oh, delighted! I'm so excited, so honored to be <laughs> able to share this incredible story, of something that had been unearthed took quite a bit of unearthing um to to find these women to find uh, materials and uh, information and artistry and details about them literally digging into closets and under beds and (laughs) (laughs) finding these treasures um, and having families hand me banker's boxes filled with scrapbooks and photos and love letters uh, to be able to piece this together, but it really it, it it will change what you think you know about our animated past. <sighs> and I'm actually going much wider than Disney. Uh, there's an incredibly rich, remarkable history, if I may, mm-hmm. of women's. Uh, contributions and artistry going back to the very beginning and efforts that have transformed and changed where we are today with animation. But going back to the very beginning, women have always been there. So it it will shift a number of paradigms, I, I promise. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's great. Exciting. Absolutely. Right from the word go. I love that. And I think maybe you're referring to a woman by the name of Mary Weiser. And she seems like she's She's equally fascinating as, as you are, and, and I found this quote about you that I thought was, was relevant maybe to Mary Weiser, and I, I wonder if you just maybe talk to us a little bit briefly. I'll read this quote. I think it's so great. It says, Minnie Johnson has a talent for discovering intriguing stories that cast a light on the human experience. She definitely takes her readers on extraordinary journeys into unexplored realms of our collective past. And I just thought that that really says an awful lot about you. It seems like there's a lot to say about Mary Weiser. So tell us a little bit about her trailblazing work.
1: Mm. Well, Mary was pretty unique. Thank you for that. Um, Mary was very unique in that um, at, at the time that she came to the Disney Studios in the early 1930s, the Silly Symphonies and the very early Mickey and Minnie's were a tremendous success. And if you recall your history. We are at the height of the um, depression. So where it is a a challenging economic circumstances everywhere, it's a boom town at, at Disney Studios. And so anyone working there was so grateful to have a job, but it was bustling. And Mary Weiser was a young painter from Chicago. Walt somehow, and we're still researching, still tracing a number of things, but apparently Walt knew her Having studied in Chicago briefly too, she was a number of years behind him, a very talented artist. And he brought her out to California to work at the studios. And as a very young, industrious artist, uh, she saw that there were a lot of problems with the paints that they were utilizing and, and how. The colors were achieved, and and if you can imagine, there really wasn't this this animation industry. There wasn't much in terms of materials and technology specifically for animation at that point. So they were working with paints that you would paint your bedroom with or, or furniture, and oftentimes the colors wouldn't hold suspension, or they'd start separating or drying unevenly, causing flaking and damage. And so you'd have to redo scenes, which was costly and time consuming, and Deadlines were crucial. Costs were crucial. So she said we could do better. So she went out and began studying chemistry, got her degree in chemistry at night. (laughs) I love this. With Walt and Roy and Hazel Sewell's blessing, Hazel ran the inking and painting departments at this time. Mm -hmm. Mary Mm -hmm. established the first and only paint lab in the world creating paints exclusively for cell animation. And she... And her team of all women chemists were creating uh, colors, uh, inks for the the um, sound departments, and uh, material solutions for shadow painting, and creating these, uh, solving so many problems, permitting the ability to to handle many of the visual effects and special effects enhancing the entire animation experience so when you think in 1932 with flowers and trees hazel sewell and her teams were utilizing 80 shades of color that they pulled off the hardware store shelves (laughs) trying to make this idea of a three strip technicolor film work for the first time and successfully doing so garnering the first academy award ever for animation not so much for the animation but for the advent of color and the three strip technicolor approach but it with from 1932 by the time we get to 1937 mary and her teams have created uh, working with a palette of over 1500 shades of color hmm. to define the old mill which again is another academy award-winning film for the introduction of the multiplane, but also the artistry of color Rembrandt has qualities. Frank Thomas and Ollie Johnston, two of the nine old men, are on record as saying, We didn't think we could do a feature animated film a Snow White until we saw what the women accomplished with color in the mm. old mill.
0: That's an impressive statement. Mm-hmm. And I, I I, I want to just underscore this because this was a hu- huge jump. As you say, this really was – this took place only over about five years, but from 80 colors to 1,500 – to over 1,500 colors. And I read, again, in my research review that, that um, the eye, the human eye, is only able to distinguish up to about a million colors. And if animation yeah. is starting to – to get into those kinds of numbers, it, it's becoming much more lifelike, and mm. this was the job of absolutely. And so these jobs were very specific too, and very interesting. These skills that each one of these people had, and particularly the the women, yes. and it was very important to the finished film Most product.
1: Definitely yes. Well, a couple of things here um, beyond the fifteen hundred shades. At by the time of Snow White and Seven Dwarves. When we move into the early 1950s, the paint labs at Disney Studios, Mary had left at that point, but it still was continuing. Uh, They were then creating over 2,600 shades of color, and more color than what was commercially available anywhere in the world. Hmm. So you can see the level of artistry that was going into this. Each film had its own palette. Each character had its own distinct features of colors. But then when those colors, character would be in a dark shadowed cave or a bright sunlight scene those shades shift so you have to have this wider richer expanse of palette to be working with so aspect of animation that we are we've looked past for so long we've focused on the wonderful men with pencils who we love <laughs> but the artistry what you're seeing on that final screen really is the mm-hmm, artistry mm-hmm. of so many thousands of remarkable women artists in their own right And exploring each of these different roles, uh, that to me, as I was sort of on my own journey of discovery in the research and writing of this volume, um, was far more than the narrative we had been told before. You know, it was always pretty girls who traced and colored. And that was it. And oh, they'd find anybody could do it. And Mm -hmm. again, nothing could be further from the truth. These women were true artists. They were trained. They were searching for Mm -hmm. them. There were calls place to all the fine arts schools. Uh, They would train the women in the specific roles because the inking is such a fine calligraphic art in itself. The painting is, as I said, Rembrandt-esque. Some of the effects work and some of the techniques that were developed. Mary, in fact, holds a couple of patents for her development with some of her um, discoveries that she made within the paint labs at Disney. So, it's a remarkable story of uh, women of the highest caliber within a particular area that no one knows about.
0: <laughs> we are with Mindy Johnson, author of the new book titled Ink and Paint the Women of Walt Disney's Animation. Mindy Johnson will be at the Smithsonian Associates Program coming up on Thursday, March 7th. Just a, a wonderful series. I'm just personally so looking forward to this. Mindy Johnson, you, you mentioned mention. Uh, Hazel Sewell, and so I want to go back and and talk just a, a minute or two about her yep. because I think she's equally fascinating in all of these stories. She's had a real lasting impact mm-hmm. on animation. She also has a, 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 an interesting family relationship <laughs> amongst all of this. So, tell us this wonderful story about Hazel Sewell.
1: Sure, Hazel is a remarkable character. She's the kind of woman I think I'd love to hang out with. <laughs> um, she. Made her way to California with her husband and and young daughter, at a time when Hollywood was really kind of the Wild West, very burgeoning. And while working here, she happened. They happened to be living in the Los Feliz area, which is just right, very near Hollywood, and really will, is where the motion picture industry kind of first landed when it it opened up here in Hollywood, in Southern California. And Hazel, uh, Hazel's youngest sister, she was the oldest of about 10 or 12 kids in the Bounds family. Her youngest sister, Lillian, made her way out after she had completed her secretarial training in Idaho. And Lillian came to moved to Southern California to live with her sister and her family to have a new experience, get some opportunities here. And a friend of hers, had been working for a couple of young men who had started an animation studio just around the corner from where Hazel lived. And Hazel actually knew these young men. She's the one who introduced them to their first employee, who was a woman. And Lillian thought, well, all right, I'll come meet them. I need a job. So her niece, Marjorie, walked her the few blocks to the little studio. And she thought, oh, yeah, I'll work there because I don't have to take a bus or need a car or anything. And it... Kind of what started as a temporary job turned into something a little life-lasting. She ended up marrying Walt Disney. But Hazel then kept her involvement with the studio. When you think about it, at the very earliest beginnings, it was all hands on deck and filling out 10 to 12,000 cells, blackening in the cells with the inks on the earliest Alice Comedies and Oswald the Lucky Rabbits. Everyone was brought in to help in on those. Hazel would help out quite a bit, and eventually then Walt brought her in. She became one of the first women to run a major department within animation anywhere. She took over what was called the blackening group, and she also was the first to make it an all-female team. She felt, you know, the women were better at this. She separated out the roles to tracers and opacers very early on when you were simply working with black, white, and about three or four shades of gray. But there was a real artistic challenge to convey your scene and world with that very limited palette. and She loved that. She also then oversaw the transition in 1932 to the three-strip Technicolor and is responsible for her teams in getting that first Academy Award for animation. She then transformed the role even further into inking and painting. And here's where you see she developed the earliest training programs. And you see the just the fine artistry. Every line is tapered in and tapered out. There's a particular curve and arc bent for each line. This is what gives these characters their definitive form. And it's Hazel who oversees this and initiates these training programs. And many of the inkers in particular often it was a reoccurring statement that you know, even though you were trained, you never really became a premium inker until you'd been doing it for 10, 12, 15 years, because it really is a, such a fine artistry. So Hazel then went on and is one of two women who has a credit, screen credit for Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. She and Dorothy Ann Blank for screenwriting and Hazel Sewell for art direction. The first woman to get a credit for art direction in animation and possibly in film. have to do a little further research on that. But a real trailblazer in terms of women and their roles. And when you look at the span of about 10 years from 1927 and the earliest Mickey and Minnie black and white cartoons to the advent of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves in 1937... It is light years difference from black, white, three or four shades of gray to over fifteen hundred shades of color, and the level of artistry going on for Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, <laughs> and that's all hazel.
0: It is such a powerful story. Again, the book title is "Ink and Paint: The Women of Walt Disney's Animation." Uh, by the way, the book will be available for sale and signing at the Smithsonian that evening. Um, Mindy Johnson will be there, uh, speaking, of course, and will uh, stay around to to sign the books for us. Um, mm-hmm. And that'll be that'll be great to see you there. So we're get let's we'll jump ahead a little bit in in terms of the book, and and. And we'll, we'll move into what many, I think, in my audience will will know of as computer-generated imagery, uh, CGI, as it's called today. It, it wasn't always called CGI. As a matter of fact, uh, it, it's very well known as CAP, or Computer Assisted Production, and that system, which really was responsible for projects like the the Little Mermaid and, and the 1991 version of Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and, and many, many others. Those were digitized with this ink and paint process using this CAP system. And many of the women were at the forefront of some of that technology. And, and I, I wonder if you'd share one of their stories with sure.
1: us. Well, the advent of, of- computers within animation is a quite a story in itself but Mm -hmm. uh, it is interesting that again women were at the forefront of this in fact at the time the studio had a small kind of early computer in in the basement (laughs) um, just to experiment with these magical boxes and what could be done Uh, and it was a group of artists who they called themselves the late night crew because They would stick around after hours and go down and play with this (laughs) magic box and see what was possible. There were uh, a number of young artists there at the time, and this is roughly in the mid-80s. The studio had made a real concerted effort in the late 70s and early 80s to reinitiate an animation training program and, in particular, to seek out women artists. And so you have a new team of, of young animators who are now considered the senior elder uh, animators today uh, who were training under many of the nine old men and women who were animating in all the way through from the 30s on up. So this really is sort of uh, the next generation. And at the forefront of this group, one particular artist stands out. Her name is Tina Price, she was actually came from the world of ballet. She had been a, a wonderful dancer, was uh, performing and, and dancing in New York with various companies in New York and had a couple of injuries that didn't uh, suit her career well. So she ended up moving into art and ultimately animation and had come to Disney Studios having worked at Don Bluth Studios and other places, made her way to Disney and was part of this late-night crew that found themselves just sort of drawn to this new technology. And they were eager to explore what was possible, what could be done. So we see elements of computer involvement in early films, such as Black Cauldron and Oliver and Company. Much of the uh, scooters and the city city, skylines and and landscapes Mm -hmm. were plotted on the various computers. And then integrated into the animation system via Xerography. Um, the clock tower sequence in uh, Great Mouse Detective and other elements were slowly integrating computers into the systems. Uh, Bettina and the late-night group is, we created the first all-digital short at Disney Studios, which was a, a lovely little piece called Oil Spot and Lipstick. <laughs> she overseed production, Mike Sedino... Uh, Directed, And it was a real earnest effort and a wonderful effort and result with computer animation that gave it that Disney look. If you look at some of the early um, Pixar and uh, shorts, they have sort of a plastic quality to them. Even if you go back to the original Toy Story, there's a bit of a dated look to Mm -hmm. them now. Today, we're so sophisticated with how we see (laughs) things. Mm -hmm. Uh, A real pioneer and entrepreneur and a remarkable woman. Right at the forefront of the advent of digital animation,
0: Mindy Johnson, what a pleasure it's been to talk to you. I was so grateful for your time and and all of your hard work researching these uh, these intriguing and important stories of uh, of women and and the examples, the roles that they've played in, in this industry. Again, the author of the book Ink and Paint, The Women of Walt Disney's Animation, will be at the Smithsonian Associates presentation coming up March 7th, 2019. Uh, Mindy, we're looking forward to seeing you and hearing more of these great stories, but thank you again for your time today and for sharing all of this wonderful work with us.
1: Oh, my great pleasure. Thank you.
0: Remember, Mindy Johnson will be presenting at the Smithsonian Associates because of her story program titled The Women who animated the movies, uncovering a colorful history, March 7th, 2019, at the Ripley Center in Washington, D.C. Following Mindy Johnson's presentation, her new book, Ink and Paint, The Women of Walt Disney's Animation, will be available for sale and sign-in. Thanks to Mindy Johnson for joining me today, and thanks to the wonderful Smithsonian team for all they do to support the show. The Not Old Better Show, talk about better. Thanks, everybody.